is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. First of all, these fires in California are unbelievable. And we really ought to be paying attention to that. It's every bit as bad as a hurricane. And hopefully... Uh, they weren't set by man and not man-made disasters, although that doesn't seem to matter, I'm sure, to those who are suffering under this. In Northern California, you have Sonoma, Napa Valley in particular, Santa Rosa. Homes are being wiped out. You've got tens of thousands of acres out of control on fire. Different fires, I heard up to 15 different fires taking place right now. And it is horrific. In Southern California, you also have a major fire, 7,500 acres, over 5,000 people, or homes, I should say, people in homes have been told to evacuate in Orange County. And I know for a fact what's going on there, because I have two kids, uh, my daughter, my son, my son-in-law, and my granddaughter, who live in that area. And it is frightening. You know, it's an amazing thing. I have parents who live in southern Florida, south Florida, and uh, my wife and I went down there to bring them back to Virginia during uh, the hurricane down there, and luckily we did because they lost electricity for at least five days. Uh, Now I have two kids and a son-in-law and a granddaughter, uh, not not in immediate harm, But I'm keeping my eye on things in Orange County, California. So these are very, very serious matters. And I wanted to bring that to your attention. And at least 15 people have died. Hundreds are missing, so it could be much worse. And the winds are so strong, the fire is moving very, very quickly. And people are giving moments notice to get out. I said to my son, well, how do you get notice to evacuate? He said, helicopters fly around, tell you to get out. All right. Why is this NFL stuff a big deal? Why is it a big deal? Do we really care what football players think? I don't give a damn what any of them think. They mean nothing to me. They're wealthy not because of their IQ. They're not wealthy because of of their philosophies. They're not wealthy because they invented things or produced things. They're wealthy because they're entertainers. They're athletes. And they have abused their positions, and the American people are reacting. And the American people, by and large, are repulsed. And you'll hear callers into this program. You'll hear surrogates for the players. And by the way, not all players. And you'll hear some of the players tell you that this is against police brutality. It is not against the flag. It's not against the national anthem. Really. Well, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Let me tell you something. I am tired of the abuse that the police officers take. I am sick and tired of the abuse that the police officers take by criminals in this country, or would-be criminals in this country. I'm sick and tired of the abuse police officers take from pseudo-civil rights organizations 
that are looking for a cause. What do you think about that? I'm sick and tired of the police in this country taking crap from demagogic politicians. Now, there are tens of thousands of police officers in this country. There are thousands of police departments. We don't have systemic oppression in this country. We don't have systemic police abuse in this country. Is this some kind of a joke? There's no evidence for this whatsoever in any of the objective, legitimate, reputable surveys that have been done, and they're done endlessly. So I am tired of police officers in this country getting a bum rap. No, nobody's saying that the uh, police departments are perfect. There's nothing perfect. Matter of fact, football players aren't perfect. A goodly percentage of the football players are thugs, let's be honest. Legally so. Legally identified as thugs. The owners aren't perfect either. Some of them are better than others. Go ahead and Google them. You'll see exactly what I mean. So the bottom line is this. The reason the NFL battle over the flag, over the anthem, over our beloved police is an important battle is because it's part of the culture war. It's part of the culture war. And you and I have decided that we are going to draw a red line, that we've had enough. They fight over the bathrooms. They fight over the school lunch program. They fight over pronouns. They fight over everything. They seek to impose their will on us, small and large, matters of consequence or not. Whether it's Hollywood and the perversions that take place there, and they cover them up, I'll get to that in a minute. Our school systems, our colleges and universities, you and I, we're all supposed to get in a fetal position and concerned about the rights of the football players. What rights of the football players? What the hell are they talking about? You take a knee and you're a mechanic, you're fired. You take a knee in the middle of a school and you're a teacher, you're fired. You take a knee in the middle of any business, you're fired. Football is a business. It's not the government. It's not about free speech. It's about prima donnas and narcissists getting on their knee for 60 seconds. And then they pretend they're social warriors. They're not social warriors. They're football players who've been pampered their entire professional lives and even their amateur lives. And some of them have gotten away with all kinds of stuff. And then we're told if we speak like I just did, it's about race. How so? Did I talk about race? No. I've talked about the owners. Are most of them minorities? No. Is the commission of the NFL a minority? No. It's not about race. It's about decency. It's about respect for your country. You decide to protest during the national anthem when millions of people are watching television, when hundreds of thousands of people are attending football games on a Sunday or on a Monday night or, a su- or whatever, a Sunday night. Then you, you have decided to poke America in the eye. And then you wonder why America responds. Oh, what are they responding about? Oh, look how they're twisting what we said. Like we're stupid. Like we don't know exactly what's taking place. This is a phony movement, ladies and gentlemen. A phony movement. Absolutely phony movement. That will get nowhere. The football players are not suddenly more active in civil rights issues, are they? Who is? Which one? The owners aren't suddenly more active in civil rights issues. And exactly what civil rights issues 
do they seek to be active in? Anti-cop? Anti-cop? Now, most of these football players may have come out of certain communities that are poor, whether they're black or white or brown or whatever they are. But most of them don't live in those communities anymore, do they? The owners don't live in those communities, do they? So what exactly is the civil rights issue we're supposed to all be worked up about? The American people. The American people make up America. And when we have people going around telling us how rotten America is, what they're saying is how rotten the American people are. America now is more than an idea. It's a reality. That's why they call us Americans. And as a whole, as a massive whole, we are not racists. We are tolerant. We're not supremacists. Not in the least. Not in the least. If somebody had a bad experience with the cops, so be it. So be it. Maybe somebody had a bad experience with the cops because somebody's pretty bad and should have had a bad experience with the cops. I don't know. I don't know. But all I know is this. Day in and day out, I got to hear endlessly about police brutality, police, police brutality, police brutality. It's systemic, we're told. We're an oppressive society, I'm told. I don't know about you folks. But if I thought police brutality was systemic, and I thought we lived in an oppressive society, I wouldn't stay here. It's the great thing about America. It's called mobility. You can get off your ass and you can leave. You can go to these communist paradises. You can go to paradises in Southeast Asia, in the Middle East, in Africa, in Central and South America. Paradises in Europe. Oh, they're all over the place. You can leave America for anywhere you want to go. Anywhere. You want to know a police state? North Korea. You want to know a police state? China. You want to know a police state? Russia. You want to know a police state? Most of the countries in Africa. Most of the countries in Central and South America. Most of the countries in the Middle East. That is most of the countries in the world. America is not a police state. America is not oppressive. The American people are... A remarkable people. A remarkable people. What has happened here is clear. We have malcontents and miscreants. Malcontents and miscreants. Some people have been taught to be malcontents and miscreants by our public school system, by our colleges and universities, by the leftists and the Marxists, and other forms of radicals who have tenure in our public school systems and tenure in our colleges and universities. They've essentially devoured them and hijacked them. They don't believe in academic freedom. They believe in academic totalitarianism. They don't believe in open and free debate. They believe in driving ideological objectives. And what else? What else? It is cool to join a cause, don't you know? It's cool to join a cause. You can get on your knee for 60 seconds during the national anthem. Get all this publicity, all this attention, cause all this, all this tumult. 
And then after the game, you go home to your to your palace, what is historically would be a palace, to your estate, and you feel like you've done something when you've done nothing. Zero. Zero. As they say, the proof is in the pudding. The vast majority of these football players haven't done a damn thing, seriously, in the social justice wars, have they? No, they haven't. This is a fraud. It's a fraud from day one, started by a fraud, this guy Kaepernick. And don't tell me it's not anti-American. Don't tell me it's not anti-flag, anti-national anthem. Because if it's not anti-flag and not anti-national anthem, why here and now? Why there on the football field during the national anthem? Why, when you know full well that the men and women who've actually put their lives on the line to ensure the freedom of football players and their ability to make millions are offended by it? Don't tell me it's not anti-American. It's that and worse. I'll be right back. Mark You know, either you believe America is a good place and the American people are good people, or you don't. You can't pretend that you do when you use the occasion of a solemn tradition to pretend you're a civil rights and social justice warrior because these football players are not. There's no evidence that they are as a group. They belong to a players union. I've never quite understood this. These are union members who are multimillionaires for the most part. It's like baseball, these other sports. you got union members... Plus, they're like independent contractors with multi-million dollar contracts. Wouldn't you love that? In my case, I have to belong to a union in order to work here. I don't even want to. Now, I'm not saying unions are good or bad, depending on your situation. I'm not getting into that. That's not even my point. They're united, not because they're social justice warriors. They're united not because they're civil rights activists, because they're not. They're united because they're the players' union. Now, this players' union and its members have declared war, if you will, on the football fans, the football viewers, and the American people. They basically said, screw you. We don't give a damn if you like the national anthem, veterans. We don't give a damn if you like the national anthem, active duty military personnel. We don't give a damn if you like the uh, the national anthem, American people, football fans. This isn't about you, the American people. It's about us, the players' union and the players. And if we want to get on, a de- on our knees or get the black power sign the, uh, or so forth and so on, you'll like it. And you'll, you'll accept it. Or if you don't accept it, screw you. Too damn bad. At the same time, they're charging you know, 100 bucks for a seat, 8 bucks for a beer, $220 a month for cable. And you go, what the hell? I have family members who have served in the military or still in the military. Or my father's a cop. And he doesn't brutalize anybody. Or I love my country. And I'm sick and tired of this crap. 
I'm sick and tired of being told my kid has to go to the this bathroom or that bathroom. I'm sick and tired of being told what my kid gets to eat in school. I'm sick and tired of being told I'm a racist. I'm sick and tired of being told how America sucks. And I'm not paying for it. And I'm not paying for it. And the NAACP has jumped in. Well, who gives a damn what the NAACP has to say? The ignorance about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech? Is the NFL controlled by the government? Is the NFL part of the government? If it was part of the government, these players would be earning a hell of a lot less money than they earn right now. No, it's not part of the government. This is private enterprise. And what's with the NAACP? What's their problem? Well, you can't tell the players they have to stand during the national anthem. Sure as hell can. Or you can fire them. You know what that's called, NAACP? It's called liberty. It's called capitalism. That's what it's called. Bedrocks of American society. For all people, of all races, and all backgrounds. I'll be right back. is the nation's town hall meeting and you can join in at 877-381-3811 we are not a nation of victims we are not a nation of oppressed and abused but we're becoming an increasingly angry nation disgusted with those among us who seek to destroy this country at every turn And in every way. My wife, Julie, is a marathon runner. She's, I don't know if she likes me saying this, she's a very bad back. And yet she runs. For causes she believes in. In the Army, 10 mile run. Was Sunday. It was warm. And it was wet. Raining. And she ran. And she ran because it's the Army Marathon. And she's running the Marine Marathon and she's running other marathons. She also ran for her beloved Uncle Binks. But that said, I don't know how many professional football athletes have ever run in that marathon. You might say, well, Mark, they're playing football on Sunday. Not all of them. Not all of them. I mean, if you're going to be a, uh, if you're going to demonstrate your patriotism, how, how so? How are you going to demonstrate your patriotism? People can demonstrate it in many ways. How are you going to demonstrate? I'm not against the national anthem. I'm not against the flag, really. Well, how are you for them? How are you for them? When you know you're offending and disrespecting millions and millions of Americans. When you know you're offending and disrespecting football fans all over this country. Do these football players and this football union, and now apparently the NAACP, do they understand they have united the fans of every team in this country? And people who don't even follow football? 
Do they understand that they have united fans on teams that hate each other as teams? The Redskins fans, the Eagles fans, the Giant fans, the Dallas fans, the Green Bay fans, the Chicago fans. And I could go on and on and on. They've done more to unite people, ironically, against them. For the country. For the symbols of the country. It's called the National Anthem. And when you're in some hellhole of a country, in some foxhole, and you're thinking about the folks back home, and you're thinking about your country back home, <clears throat> and you're thinking about the National Anthem, and thinking about the American flag, well, you know what you're fighting for, and you're prideful about it. Then you have a couple of punks, or a lot of punks, Tough guys on a football field, not on the field of combat, real combat, who wear football uniforms, not real uniforms, who carry equipment, not real equipment, who are protesting against police brutality, don't you know? Well, it's disgusting. How many of these football players have ever gone to Arlington National Cemetery? Some, I'm sure. How many have quietly in their own time, without any fanfare, without any media, have walked those rows of young men and women, younger than they are? But don't worry, you see, when they're protesting during the National Anthem, it's not about the National Anthem. It's not about the flag. It's not about patriotism. It's about them. It's about the 60-second social warriors. 60 seconds. You know, this guy, Iger, Robert Iger, who runs Disney and has run it for a long time. But he didn't make Disney what it was. Eisner made Disney what it was. And, of course, before him, Disney himself. Iger's a big leftist. And now, oh, is he going to run for president? This is a man who's in charge, ultimately, of ESPN. ESPN. And he's driven ESPN into the gutter, into the dirt. And he's defended the most radical statements by one, if not more, of their hosts. Even Disney has become <clears throat> politicized by the left and for the left. By the left and for the left. My family loves Disney, <clears throat> loves Disney World, loves Disneyland, visits them all the time. I've visited them many times. But everywhere you go, it's not just politics. It's progressivism. It's rubbed in your face. It's rubbed in the face of your kids. It's rubbed in the face of the veterans. It's rubbed into the face of the cops. Now it is a fact that the cops commit Systemic acts of brutality. It's a fact. you got to believe it, don't you know? Oh, yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a fact. And those poor, put-upon football players, every damn one of them has experienced, not once, but multiple times, police brutality, you see. They never did anything. No, 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 no. Run-ins with cops. Not their fault. 
And so they take a knee during the national anthem. Or the, the black power fist during the course of the game. How brave and courageous. And there is the left-wing sportscaster, lightweights. And there is the left-wing sports media cheering them on. But the country's bigger than football. The country's bigger than sports. The country's bigger than sportscasters. And the country's bigger than the sports media. There's all the rest of us out here. Excuse me, I'm apparently getting a cold. The rest of us are out here. The rest of us who pay for all this. Who pay for the stadiums. Who pay the players' salaries. Who pay the owners. Who pay all the... All the contractors and the subs, we pay for all this. Who pay for all the subsidies that football gets? You and I, who pay for the roads that lead up to the stadiums and lead from the stadiums. We pay for all this. And apparently it's too much to expect multimillionaire entertainers who play football to treat us with respect, to treat our country with respect. Now, we're not a nation of victims. We're not a nation of oppressed. We're not a nation of abused. We're not. Those nations exist, and they exist by the scores. But it's not the United States. The evidence, as I've said repeatedly, is in emigration and immigration. We don't have an emigration problem in this country. That is, we don't have people leaving by the thousands, the ten of thousands, the hundreds of thousands, or the millions. Because we're a nation of systemic police brutality or oppression. Because we're a nation of victims. The border's wide open. And yet nobody leaves. Certainly not multimillionaire football players. There's not another place on the face of the earth where these men could make the kind of money they make doing what they do. Football is uniquely American. They don't give a damn about it in France or Germany or even England for that matter. Certainly not going to make the kind of salaries they make and have the kind of cushy lives they get. That's not going to happen. So we don't have an emigration problem, an exit problem of of our populations. And when it comes to immigration, we're constantly debating how to secure the people in order to prevent people coming here illegally from every corner of the world. Africa, Central and South America, Europe, Asia, Southeast Asia, the Pacific, the Middle East, you name it. And we can't stop them. We won't build a wall. Why would they come to a country that is racist? Why would they come to a country that is has systemic police brutality when they're escaping police states themselves? Why would they come to a country where they can't make it, where there's discrimination, where there's abuse and oppression? Why would they come to such a country? So why do these people who complain about America stay in America? And why do these other people come to America? Because this is a complete fraud. It's propaganda. It's a big lie. And it's fed to us day after day after day after day by the progressive left, winning and unwitting. 
by malcontents and miscreants in the media, in our colleges and universities, with tenure. A country cannot survive, ladies and gentlemen, if something like this continues. And that's instinctively understood by the American people, of all races and all backgrounds. The American people get it. That's why finally the American people have said, that's enough. That's enough. Get out of our faces. Get out of our bathrooms. Get out of our lunchrooms. Stop abusing our children with your propaganda. We're going to watch a damn football game. If you want to feed us more of this crap, we'll do something else. And we are. And Mr. Goodell, Roger Goodell, and by the way, I warned Mr. Goodell and I warned the owners, you better get on top of this and you better get on top of this fast. Because this will not stand. The American people love their country. This will not stand. Now, Roger Goodell woke up from his sleep, from his slumber, and he said, players should stand during the national anthem. Wow, we're really putting upon the players, aren't we? The system is really abusing the players. Stand during the national anthem. No, we can't do that. We're taking a knee. Told the team owners they'll discuss a plan when they meet next week for dealing with the raging national controversy. So Washington Post over players' protests during the national anthem, adding that while the league respects the right of its players to express their opinions, believes they should stand during the playing of the anthem. Wow, what force, what leadership, what statesmanship. While stopping short of saying the NFL would require its players to stand, Goodell strongly suggested in a letter to NFL teams that at next week's meeting, the league would propose to owners that players be required to do so while also providing a platform to recognize their community activism. You don't need a platform to recognize their community activism. Either they're community activists or they're not. Or they're not. You don't even need a rule to compel players to stand during the national anthem. Either they stand or they find another line of work, like community activists. They can be community activists. Now, they do have a rule, as it turns out. The NFL rule book makes no mention of the national anthem, but the game operations manual does. Here's what the, games, the game operations manual says, according to an NFL spokesman, and I quote, the national anthem must be played prior to every NFL game. And all players must be on the sideline for the national anthem. Okay, now you have some of them in the tunnel, some of them hanging back. I thought the word is must. During the national anthem, players on the field and bench area should stand at attention, face the flag, hold helmets in their left hand, and refrain from talking. What, are we dealing with third graders here? We're dealing with third graders here, with the, with the players and the players' union. Stand up. Face the flag, show respect, keep your mouth shut, put the helmet in the right hand, in the left hand rather. The home team should ensure that the American flag is in good condition. It should be pointed out to players and coaches that we continue to be judged by the public in this area of the, uh, respect for the flag in our country. Failure to be on the field by the start of the national anthem may result in discipline such as fines, suspensions, and or the forfeiture of draft choices for violations of the above, including first offenses. Has any of that happened? None of that's happened comes out of the game operations manual. None of that has happened. Instead, we get, woe is me, woe is me. The players have rights. and Players have no damn rights. No more or less than any other employee. 
And if you have an employee who affects the bottom line of a business, you have an employee who disrespects the customers, the employee goes. They get the axe. That's what needs to happen. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys, one day's on his knee, the next day's saying everybody's to stand. I really don't get it. Dallas is an extremely patriotic town. He needs to get in front of this. I don't know what he's up to. I'm just being honest. It's rather perplexing. One of the questions I hear the most is, how is Levin TV different than everything else you do? Well, this is a very interesting inquiry that deserves some attention. And here's the plain and simple truth. Each medium has its strengths. And there are certain things we can do on Levin TV that we can't do anywhere else. Levin TV brings you new and exclusive digital content every night that is 100% uncensored, unfiltered, and commercial-free. We have rare and compelling interviews, segments, features that incorporate the latest technologies. And we bring your views and questions in via Facebook, Twitter, making the show a true televised town hall. There are no restraints, no middlemen. There's nothing like it anywhere else on TV. It's a whole new way to getting the most important news in a rare pro-American way. Think of it as high-definition patriotism. And you can still check it out risk-free for seven days at CRTV.com. That's CRTV.com. Or call 844-LEVIN-TV. That's 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. Look, I don't enjoy coming behind this microphone and having to talk about the NFL as often as I have, and I've done it less than most. I really don't. I happen to like Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins, very, very much. And I happen to know he's a big patriot. He's always been nice to me. And I believe I've always been supportive of the Redskins, as well as the Eagles, as well as any other team out there. But this is different. This has nothing to do with one owner or one team. The players are out of control. The players have taken over the field. The players are taking over their business. And so is the players' union. Surrogates are projecting their own ideologies and policies on top of these players. Players, in many respects, are confounded about this. They're now being told what to stand for and what to stand on by certain leaders within the players' movement, the players' union, as well as certain outside organizations like the NAACP. So if they've now finally coalesced around an issue that they're great patriots who support the flag and support the national anthem, then stand up and show them respect. And if you seek to persuade us all to despise the cops, that just ain't going to happen. Most of us admire the profession of law enforcement. And in my case, I admire it far more than I admire the football player profession. 
Far more. Not even close. I don't know about you folks, but when I have a problem that requires law enforcement, I call the police. I don't call my local football player. I wouldn't even know how to call my local football player. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I shall return. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, Weinstein, I've not really commented on this. I'm a member of the Screen Actors Guild, as I alluded to in the first hour. Not because I want to be, because I have to be. The companies I work for compel it in order to bring you the Mark Levin talk show. It's a very powerful union, the Screen Actors Guild. It's a very wealthy union. I pay a fortune into this union, and I have no idea what the hell it does. It certainly doesn't represent me. I get endless junk mail from them, but they don't do anything for me, and yet I'm forced to pay them. And yet as a member of the Screen Actors Guild, I get mailings from people pushing their movies, people pushing votes on the Academy Awards. It's the weirdest thing. I never send a ballot back. I rip them up and throw them away. I don't watch a lot of movies. And um, I'm ashamed of this Screen Actors Guild. Apparently this Harvey Weinstein and his perversions and worse have been known for decades. They've been known for decades by the, some of the biggest names in Hollywood, men and women. They've been known for decades by Hollywood reporters and journalists, so-called, for decades. They've been known by the New York Times, which killed the story after the New York Times was lobbied by a couple of top-level actors. Now, tonight we learn that there are allegations against Harvey Weinstein of rape. Now, that doesn't mean they're true, but these allegations of all kinds are now pouring in. And many of them actually have names attached to them. Yet why today? Why yesterday? Why last week? If this has been going on for 20 years, it's like with the football guys. If police brutality is systemic and we live in an oppressive society, why did you decide this season? What happened last season, the season before, and 10 seasons before that? Harvey Weinstein, I believe, is the tip of the iceberg. Tip of the iceberg. There is this massive cover-up in Hollywood. And I love it when guys like George Clooney say, hey, look, I, I heard rumors about this, but I never saw anything. Oh, you never saw him rape anybody. I see. You never saw him fondle anybody. You never saw him sexually harass somebody otherwise. Did you, George? So in other words, if you're not an eyewitness, you don't do anything. Hollywood is filled with 
There are exceptions, but Hollywood is filled with cowards, with frauds, with fakes, to pretend to stand for women's rights, for human rights, and all the rest. Some do, most don't. Here in their own community, in their own community, massive cover-up. Massive cover-up. And the best the Democrat mouthpieces can do on TV, on cable TV, is to bring up Donald Trump's name. As if this has anything to do with Donald Trump. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Oh, but the Access Hollywood tape. Really, the Access Hollywood tape? So a vulgar statement is compared with allegations of rape and fondling and all the rest? Really? Maybe a better comparison would be with Bill Clinton. And again, Hollywood has slobbered all over Bill Clinton. Hollywood has contributed enormous amounts of money to the Clinton Foundation and the library. Hollywood's contributed an, an enormous amount of money to Bill Clinton's campaign, as they did to Hillary Clinton's campaign. And Hillary Clinton, who's been writing about and going all over the country, and any, any media outlet that will have her, talking about misogyny. She lost the election in part due to misogyny. And Associate Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg said, well, of course that had something to do with it, with her loss. And it takes her five days to condemn Harvey Weinstein in about one or two sentences. Nothing emotional, nothing passionate, nothing of the kind. Everybody's been wondering, where are the Obamas? Where are the Obamas? Well, just a few minutes ago, the Obamas released a statement. It took them longer than Hillary Clinton. Being the civil rights leaders and all. Being concerned about women's pay and all. They finally issued a joint statement. Isn't that swell? We have Harvey Weinstein, we have Bill Cosby, all kinds of stuff going on. Now we have federal investigations of other institutions where uh, practices of this kind or similar enough have been alleged. And so the question is, what about the Hollywood community? What about the Hollywood community in this massive cover-up? The silence of the libs, as I called it on my Facebook site. The silence of the libs. Will there be a federal investigation? Any payoffs and settlements? We know there were some. That's the allegation. That's the reportage when it comes to Harvey Weinstein. Stein. So is Hollywood a criminal enterprise? You even have these hacks, like Lisa Bloom, an attorney, don't you know? An offspring of Gloria Albright. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Gloria Allred, whatever. A fighter for women's rights. A fighter for abused women. And yet, when the price was right, there she was, by Harvey Weinstein's side. Then she resigned after she realized... Oops, I made a PR mistake because she was trashed in social media as being another fraud. Fakes and frauds all around, ladies and gentlemen. All around. Harvey Weinstein would have these massive fundraising events for Democrats of all kinds. 
I suspect it's not because he was some kind of a leftist. No. It's hush money. You see, folks, if you're a leftist and you contribute to leftist causes, their organizations, and their party, the Democrat Party, you get a pass for the most part. It only took 20 years or more for this to catch up with Weinstein. 20 years or more. And the Manhattan District Attorney at the time wasn't that long ago, wired one of these young ladies, Ambra Batalana Gutierrez. Honestly, I don't really follow the bubble that is Hollywood, so I, if I mispronounced it, I apologize. Is that about right, Rich? In a police sting operation, where Harvey Weinstein admits to groping her, but the Manhattan District Attorney decides, I don't have enough evidence to charge he being an elected Democrat as well. Turn up your volume. You're going to have to listen carefully to this. Cut eight. Go. I'm telling you right now. What do we have to do here? Nothing. I'm going to take a shower. You sit there and have a drink. Water. I don't drink. Can I stay on the bar? No. You must come here now. No. Please. No, I don't want to. I'm not doing anything with you. I'm not doing embarrassing. I'm sorry. No, yesterday was a kind of aggressive for me. I, I, I need to know a person to I be won't touched. do a thing. I don't do a thing, please. I swear I won't. Just sit with me. Don't embarrass me in the hotel. I'm here all the time. I sit know, with me, but I, I don't promise. want to. Please sit there. Please. One minute. No, I, ask I can't. You. Go to the bathroom. Please, I don't want to do something I don't want go to. Go to the bathroom. Come here. Listen to me. I want to go downstairs. I'm not going to do anything. You'll never see me again after this. That's it. If you embarrass me in this hotel, I'm not embarrassing stay. you. First it's just that I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I mean, don't have a fight with me. It's not mine. Please, I'm not going to do anything. I swear, my children, please come in. On everything, I'm a famous I'm, guy. I'm feeling very uncomfortable please right now. Please come in now, and one minute. And if you want to leave, when the guy comes with my jacket, Why you can Yesterday, you touched my wrist. Please, I'm sorry. Just come on. I'm used to that. Are you used please. to that? Yes, come in. Because no, but I'm not used to that. I won't do it again. Come on. So he confesses to touching her breast, right? And he says he does that kind of thing. And that wasn't enough for the Manhattan DA, he says, under New York law. Well, what is enough under New York law? I don't pretend to be an expert in any of this, thank goodness. Now, I'm not going to get too graphic because I don't do that on this show. We'll leave it for other shows. But... He wanted her to sit with him for five minutes because he used to do things to himself while these women were with him for five minutes. And that's why he kept desperately asking her to go with him, to go with him, to go with him. I won't touch you. I won't do anything. But come with me. Come with me. You're embarrassing me. So forth and so on. This was in 2015, just two years ago. Hat tip, right scoop. So admits to groping her. 
midst of groping her. Now, why did it take five days for Hillary Clinton to condemn this man, given the information that has come out in the last five days? And why did it take Michelle and Barack Obama five days? And I will tell you why. Because progressivism is a poison. It's a poison. It's about the drive for power, the drive for control over the individual, over over the citizenry. And they will cut a guy like Harvey Weinstein loose if they have to, although they'd rather not. It's like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton should have been shamed. We say many things about the Republicans, but if Bill Clinton had been a Republican... He'd never be able to show his face at a presidential debate again. He'd never be able to show his face at a Republican National Convention. He just wouldn't. But it's not true with the Democrats and the progressives. It's just not. Now, if I could, I would resign from the Screen Actors Guild. But if I resign from the Screen Actors Guild, I'm not allowed to broadcast anymore. It's called a union shop, or if you prefer, a closed shop. Mark, they represent you in many ways. They don't represent a damn thing about me. I negotiate my own contracts, make my own deals, make my own money, and then they get the, the cream off the top for some reason. But the question is, is Hollywood a criminal enterprise? Are there more men like Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood? Are there women like Harvey Weinstein in Hollywood? But even more. These actors and actresses, they know. They're not only frauds in real life. Of course, they, they're play actors in, in the movies, on TV, and commercials, and so forth. But they're frauds in real life. They're play actors in real life. Again, there are exceptions, notable exceptions. But the vast majority, they knew about Harvey Weinstein. They knew about his reputation. It wasn't a secret. But they kept it from you and me. Can you ever trust these actors again? Can you ever trust them again? They're all involved in politics. Overwhelming majority on the left. They have their own clothes shop. If you're a conservative and you're outspoken and you're an actor, you're not going to get work or you're not going to get much work. You're not going to get much work. Is Hollywood a criminal enterprise? And do you trust these people anymore? Again, with rare exceptions. I'll be right back. Mark in. I've been having computer problems throughout the course of this program, but I think I have gotten it back. But Mr. Mr. Producer, give me a good caller. Good, bad, or indifferent in terms of the issues here. Paul in New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark. I met you and your wife in uh, the Jersey book signing. We had thank a you. Great time there, and you and your wife are very uh, nice. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I got two copies of your book. Discovered Americanism. It's uh, excellent. And uh, I just want to say with Kaepernick, you have this guy who's been put on a pedestal, uh, a martyr for his cause, 
a guy who's made donations to a set of daughters, an organization that supports a cop killer, guy who's worn a Castro shirt supporting a Marxist dictator. Che Guevara. Oh, it's disgusting. And uh, in Miami, of all places, he wears a... Uh, in Miami, of all places, he wore that shirt. Mm. And then uh, he wears the cop pig socks. And my question to you is, if the NFL supports Kaepernick and his antics, uh, you know, you know, what, what what does that mean for? Here's here's the game, Paul. Here's here's what's happening. We don't support what a guy like him does or other players do, but we support their right to do it. Now, is that a joke? They're your employees. We're your customers. This isn't the federal government. It has nothing to do with the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. It has nothing to do with the First Amendment and free speech. Uh, if you're going to allow your player to offend you know, the vast majority of your fans who are paying his salary, who are paying your profits and so forth and so on, then uh, you can assume that if you go to war uh, politically, if you go to war with your own fan base, then the fan base is going to respond. And, and I'm glad people have. That's and they really have. It's not even organized. It's just, it's, it is, it is just, just people who've had enough. I mean, man, we're Americans. We're Americans. We love our country. We love our flag. We love the national anthem. And that's the way it is. And if there are people out there who want to protest, then protest. Nobody's stopping you. But if you're going to protest against the, uh, against the backdrop of the flag or the national anthem, then you're a flag burner, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, and we don't have to tolerate you, and we don't have to pay your damn multimillionaire salary either. And I think we're all getting sick and tired of telling you know them telling us to hate the country, hate the flag. And I'm telling you what, something else. I'm being I'm sick and tired of them telling us they have a right to free speech. Did somebody say they didn't have a right to free speech, Paul? And I guarantee you, if you ask them what that means or how do they got to, we got to that point in this history, they'd have no clue. Most of them. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. As I say, uh, the only reason I, I have circled back to this NFL issue is it's obviously a part of the cultural battle that we're in, and we can't ignore it. And you're not ignoring it, and I'm not going to ignore it. Same with this Hollywood. Hollywood. You've got these, these frauds who preen, who lecture, who condescend to us, about the left's agenda, about progressivism, about women's rights, when in fact you and I treat our wives and our mothers and our daughters and our sisters with absolute respect, and apparently these people do not, or at least some of them don't, and a whole lot of them have no problem, no problem with the conspiracy of silence. I'll be right back. Conservative voice, the Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Producer will vouch for this, Mr. Call Screener as well. When this show began, during the breaks, I kept going to the website of the National Organization for Women, didn't I, Rich? Didn't I, Charlie? And I was looking for a statement by now about Harvey Weinstein. And during the last break, this current break, 
I looked again, and one popped up. So the National Organization for Women waited five days to put out a statement. Five days. First came Hillary, then the Obamas, then the National Organization for Women all waited five days. Now is calling for sexual predator Harvey Weinstein to be removed from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. After decades of abusing his power to prey on women, the last place he should be is in Hollywood's most powerful club. This week, the New York Times reported, this is now, that Weinstein silenced numerous women who accused him of sexual harassment. And many more came forward after the article's publication, including actors Gwyneth Paltrow and Angelina Jolie. We're witnessing the downfall of a powerful man at the hands of empowered women. It took tremendous courage for these survivors to come forward in spite of the looming threat of personal legal retribution from Weinstein and the fierce shame that so many survivors experience. Really? I wonder if they're going to mention, as I read, on the 20 years or more of uh, conspiracy in silence by all these powerful men and women in Hollywood. The bravery has inspired others to share their stories squelching the toxic culture of silence around sexual assault and potentially sparing other women the same fate. Weinstein has proven himself to be the worst kind of workplace monster, powerful and predatory. This week's reports reveal Weinstein's cold, calculated pattern of sexual harassment and assault with his own employees used as pawns to manipulate women. Taken together, these accounts illustrate a disgusting abuse of power, wielded by Weinstein as an individual and with the weight of his company. Sexual predator doesn't deserve the privilege of an Academy membership and all the opportunities to wield outside power, uh, outsized power that come with it. If Weinstein has power in Hollywood, women are at risk. Stripping his membership is the obvious next step toward achieving justice. Well, he's accused of rape, and if the statute of limbs hasn't run, Actually, prosecuting him would be the way to deal with him. But not a word of the National Organization for Women about the conspiracy of silence that went on for decades by the most powerful men and women in Hollywood. Multimillionaires who put their careers ahead of their principles, who put their careers ahead of these women. Isn't that interesting? And it took Tony Van Pelt, the president of the NOW, the National Organization for Women, to put out a statement. I guess they really had to work on it really, really hard over there for five days. They're a joke. Absolute joke. Radical leftist Democrat operation. That's what NOW is in my humble opinion. Just my opinion. Have you ever thought of Hillsdale College in terms of impacting K-12 through education? Well, they are, and they're improving young lives in the process. Hillsdale has founded more than a dozen charter schools nationwide, with more opening every year. They provide curricula, training their faculty, and offer support and advice. And get this, Hillsdale doesn't take a penny for these services. They do it absolutely free. It's called the Barney Charter School Initiative, and it's funded entirely by donors. You know that a Hillsdale College education produces graduates who are cut above the rest. Yep, and they are young adults of character who know how to be good citizens. Now, these same teaching methods and principles are now used for primary education, too. Learn more about this important work. It's very simple. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
A video there shows you how Hillsdale's building character in children all across the country, teaching these young people how to live full and flourishing human lives. Hillsdale does all this without taking one penny of government money. Not one penny from the schools either. Learn more and see a lot more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. All right, we've got a lot on the table. Let's take your take. Let's see what you're thinking. Tony, Manassas, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, Mark, how are you this evening? Okay, thank you, sir. Excellent. Hey, I think that I uh, heard my name come across as possibly being a uh, part of now, and that is, that is completely incorrect. Oh, that's uh, Tony with an I, not a Y. Excellent. Hey, the there reason why I was calling you, and I don't know if you'd heard about this already earlier today, but they had asked Lauren Michaels, who is the producer for SNL as well as right. films for uh, Happy Madison and, and so forth, they had asked mm-hmm. him, how come Saturday Night Live had not taken any shots at Weinstein? And his response to that was, oh, it's a New York thing. Mm-hmm. which is balderdash, because if it was a New York thing, they wouldn't be busting Trump up every time they get a second. Every mm-hmm. time they have a chance, they bust That's Trump no defense. Up. What, what's a New York thing? Yeah, Sexually yeah. assaulting and uh, raping, at least that's the allegation of women. That's a New York thing? You know, we're not going to take a shot at him, but that was his actual response. Well, he's, he's a fool. If, I don't know what he said. I didn't hear him. I don't watch SNL anymore because I don't care about it. But if that's what he said, he is, a, uh, he is an ignoramus. I couldn't agree with you any more than than I, than I already call on to tell you about. But you know, it's funny how Trump wasn't a misogynist, he wasn't a a, uh, a racist, he wasn't a xenophobe or all that stuff until he ran for office. Because he's conservative, they bust him up. And then you have these people like Weinstein. Well, let me slow you down. You're right. When he was a liberal Democrat, donating money to liberal Democrats, he could do no wrong. Well, now, even though he does no wrong, he's trashed. Yes. Yes. And then you get people like Lauren Michaels, who has huge pull within the left environment, within the Democrats, and he gets a free pass. They're not going to. And, say and so do the actors and actresses on SNL. Absolutely, they do. Meanwhile, they take shots at everybody else that actually tries to do the right thing. And, and mm-hmm. I was just wanted to bring to your attention. So why watch it? I don't. This was this was okay. a quote that I'd heard through uh, through the news and something I had read about today, and I just didn't know if you were aware about it. But that's the type of stuff that's going on. They keep mm-hmm. sweeping these things under the carpet because they are the pigs that they are. All right, sir. Appreciate your call. Let's keep going. Dan, Traverse City, Michigan, the great WTCM. Go. Uh, good evening, Mark. Pleasure to talk to you. Thank um, you. Reason for my call. You know, all of the hubbub about the uh, national anthem and refusing to stand and stuff reminded me of a few years ago. Uh, a few friends of mine and myself took a road trip from the Detroit area to Toronto, Ontario, to watch our Red Wings play the uh, the Maple Leafs. And what a great and, team! Yeah. Oh, it, it just you know, and, and the most uh, amazing thing about it is that when the national anthems came about, everybody in the stadium stood, and they mm-hmm. were. 100% respectful of the United States anthem. They went first. No hooting, hollering, booing, hissing. Completely respectful. When O Canada came on, I'll tell you, Mark, if there was a hundred people in the stands that weren't singing, I would have been amazed. Mm-hmm. It was, it was touching. And they sang it till the end before they started cheering, hollering, whistling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all I could think was, how embarrassing it is sometimes when you see, even at our Super Bowl, the people can't show enough restraint to, to mm-hmm. wait till the end of the song. 
No, that's it, it just just amazing. You know? All right, Dan. I appreciate your call. Stephen, Fort Worth, Texas, the great WBAP. Go. Hey, Mark. I just want to tell you that I'm sick of what they've taken away from me and my family. Fifteen years I've been watching the NFL three hours every week just to watch the Cowboys play. Can I ask you a question? Do you, can you talk into a uh, handheld device, into the mouthpiece? I am, Mark. I'm All right. Can you All hear right, me? We just, well, not well, but go ahead. I'm, I'm just sick of what they've taken away from us, and I, we're finally starting to take it back. I canceled my NFL Sunday ticket. I'm not buying their products. And today the commissioner sent a leaked letter to everybody to make them all stand, so hopefully he follows through with that. He didn't really say make them all stand. He didn't say make them all stand. We'll see what they do. Well, I mean, the truth is the league is going to have to deal with this players' union. That's why I'm calling it as I see it, because I know this to be the case. The league is concerned about the players' union. The owners are concerned about the players' union because the players' union is left-wing. And they should be concerned about the lies, like Michael Bennett of the Seattle Seahawks that lied about the uh, Las Vegas police threatening to shoot him, and then all the videos come out. And well, all they had the body cam that showed that it wasn't true. It was all false, and I'm tired of liars, I'm tired of liberals, and I just want three hours to relax. Exactly. Yep, I- I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you for your call, sir. Let's go to Jerry, Atlanta, Georgia, the great W-Y-A-Y. Go. Thanks, Mark. You're a great American. Thanks for all you do. Two quick things. What makes this country so great and why people want to come here is they want a chance at the American dream. It's not the EU dream. It's not the Australian dream. It's not the communist China dream, except maybe to get out of there. But it's the American dream, a chance to come here to live a life and make an opportunity for yourself that if you work hard and play by the rules, you can do something special. And the second thing I'll say, the only need that I want to see in any football game is my quarterback on the winning end with about 30 seconds left taking a knee in the fourth quarter. It's the only knee mm-hmm. exactly. that we need to see in the NFL. All right. You know, uh, these guys are taking a knee, and a lot of the fans are taking a pass, aren't they, sir? You're exactly right. A, um, a protest without a purpose, I think you said that. You said it very well as you. All right, sir. I appreciate your call very much. We're having great callers. I have great listeners. You Levinites are the best. You're the best. Ron, Aldi, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Good evening, Mr. Levin. Thank you for taking my call. I'm a, uh, a retired U.S. Marshal. I was also a county police officer, and my boys are both uh, county deputies here in Virginia. And Wonderful. I just wanted to comment on uh, a couple things there, you know. Uh, that, that whole thing with that Harvey Weinstein reminded me of, uh, me when I was enforcing the Adam Walsh Act. And, uh, it just disgusts me. And I'm, I'm sure you know what that's all about with the. Well, the what whole, do you mean? The, uh, sex crimes against, uh, young people, you know, the enforcement mm-hmm. of the Adam Walsh Act. You know, the Harvey Weinstein thing just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, he's a predator. Absolutely, sir. Uh, but the, the, the point I'd like to make is, is uh, allegedly, of course. Go ahead. As a as a uh, now retired uh, officer, you know, there's a sound that our wives all know when we suit up, and it's called the Velcro sound of when I put that vest on. And I'm sure those football players they put their pads on, 
Well, my wife got to hear me put that vest on, and she knew what that meant every night when I headed out. And and just for the public, players, obviously, you're talking about a bulletproof vest. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. But my point would be this, sir. To those football players, and I hope they're listening, what I would tell them is, even though you may not like us, may you may not like me as an individual, I would still ro- roll code to your 911 if you needed help. Mm-hmm. That's how we are. That's how my boys are that are currently deputies. And as I said, sir, I'm now retired. I recently retired from the Martians. But mm-hmm. that's how we are. And I wish that they would stand up for that flag that represents not the, not just the military. It doesn't just represent us law enforcement. It, doesn't, it represents all of us. Well, the funny thing is uh, they used to. But all of a sudden they're social, uh, you know, justice warriors. Uh, all of a sudden they have a cause. All of a sudden many of them are united in their cause. And maybe one day they'll actually explain to us what their cause is. Thank you for your service, my friend. I appreciate it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Next hour, by the way, we'll continue with these subjects, but I want to discuss another issue with you. There's a lot of talk about primarying every Republican establishment incumbent. Now, I've used this microphone over the years, like nobody else, to challenge Republican establishment incumbents by backing conservatives in Republican primaries, and I will continue to do that. I don't believe in doing it in a blanket way because I don't believe in dividing our resources. We've got to really target them, about a half a dozen races, maybe eight races, something like that. But that's not how you get your country back. That's not how you get your country back. And that's not how we will get our country back. By fighting within the confines of the Republican Party exclusively, or even primarily. Or even fighting at the federal level. I'm all for it. But I don't want you to think that's how we're going to get our country back. That's how we're going to get our republic back. That's not how it's going to happen. How do we do it? I will discuss that with you in the next hour. Because I don't want you to be misled in any particular way. You know, all that's going on in this country, all the turmoil that's going on in this country, you look at the NFL, you look at Hollywood, but I'm not even talking about that. Nobody talks about the debt anymore, not even the Republicans. Nobody talks about the debt. The Democrats have enough votes in the Senate to block any effort to secure the border. And they are a party that believes in an open border and does not believe in a nation state. They do not believe in the American nation state, which is why Democrats come to the defense of the football players. It's why Democrats were essentially silent on the Weinstein matter. It's all about power and progressivism. And all this turmoil at some point has an effect on the economy. It has an effect on the nation's finances. So what do you do about it? And it's not just what's taking place domestically. You see the regime in Tehran. They're going full steam ahead with their nuclear program and their ICBMs. You see the regime in North Korea, same thing. You see how China is controlling the the South China Sea trying to take control over the East China Sea in order to threaten Japan, threatening every day to take over Taiwan. You see what Russia's up to? I mean, 
you need to at least protect yourself and protect your family. You need, you need to at least protect what you've earned through your hard work. And you do that by diversification. The stock market is through the roof right now. One day it won't be. It's just the way it is. If real estate's up, one day it comes down. So you need to diversify. I just want you to remember, gold. Gold has survived financial devastation, wars, currency failures throughout the centuries. Throughout the centuries. And when you diversify, I want to encourage you to be thinking about gold. It's better to gain peace of mind now than look back and wish you did after the fact. For a limited time, Goldline is offering price protection for three months on orders as low as $2,500. It's a great deal. It's a great deal from Goldline. 877-365-COIN, 877-365-COIN. Be sure to read Goldline's important risk information to be sure that buying gold is right for you. But I want you to really think about it. At least look into it. Call 877-365-COIN, 877-365-2646. How much time do I have, Rich? It's a piece in the New York Post. I just mentioned that if these criminal... If these rape charges are accurate, or at least the prosecutors think they are, then Mr. Weinstein could be facing criminal charges if the statute of limitations haven't run. And here it is right now in the New York Post. Harvey Weinstein could still be on the hook for criminal charges following an actress's horrifying allegation of forced oral sex in his Tribeca office and an anonymous employee's rape claim. Lucia Evans told The New Yorker that Weinstein exposed himself and pushed her, okay, whatever, in 2004. The allegations are true. They would support a prosecution for criminal sexual act in the first degree, said Daniel Alonso, a former top prosecutor with the Manhattan DA's office. A conviction on the charge carries a sentence of up to 25 years in prison. Misdemeanor charges of sex abuse, sexual misconduct, and forcible touching would also likely be tacked on if he committed the act more recently. Again, I don't know what the statute of limitations uh, might be in this case. I do know the Manhattan DA's office was aware of some of this before and took absolutely no steps in 2015. But Weinstein has a lot to worry about. I'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Powerful third hour. Stick with us. Our number, 877-381-3811. I've got a few other topics I want to hit, including the one I... I mentioned uh, at the last of the next hour, what's the best way to get our republic back? Because although I'm all for duking it out in these primaries, uh, that's not the best way to get our republic back. And I'll explain it in a moment. But first, I want to go to Stephen in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, Yes, Stephen, go right ahead, sir. Hey, Mark. Um, Love the show. Kind of nervous right now, speaking to the great one, first-time caller. (laughs) That's okay. Um, Listening for a a long time, though. Love your show. Uh, my question is, I'm wondering... You must be a lib, I can tell. But anyway, take your time. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering why you're so upset with the Obamas and the Clintons. I'm not upset. Just stating you know, a fact. They're, they're all about facts, Mark. You know, kind of like Vegas. You know, they got to get all their facts right before they start saying Well, what that. facts did they need? What, what about yesterday? They didn't have enough facts? 
about Harvey well, Weinstein? That's what I'm saying. You know, they, they got to take their five days. No, 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 got, no, no, no. Just like in Vegas, they got all no, no, This has nothing to do with Vegas. It's not even funny. What I'm telling you is there was an extensive New York Times article. Uh, there was an extensive follow-up article this morning, the New Yorker. Hillary Clinton waited. The Obamas waited till about 90 minutes ago. The National Organization waited till about 30, 40 minutes ago. And um, I can assure you, Stephen, although I don't think it'll matter, that if this was some Republican actor who gave a lot of money to Republicans, uh, it would have been shoot first and ask questions later. I am 100% on your side. I'm five, five days is a long time to wait on something like this. It is. It's ridiculous. I'm the one who waited. I waited to see when Hillary and the Obamas would actually say something. Right. Yeah, they should have came out right away. Well, they should have come out sooner than this. Any other issue. Uh, sooner than this. You don't have to come out right away, but, I mean, day five and counting? Right. No, All I'm right, not. my friend. I appreciate your call. I'm not sure I understand it, but I do appreciate it. Nice enough guy, right? I'll get to you other callers. Hang in there. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of attention and a lot of talk about taking on all the Republican senators who are running, uh, or virtually all the Republican senators are running. We need to clean out the establishment and replace uh, as many of these senators who are up for election in these Republican primaries with conservatives. Now, I happen to believe to, you should support conservatives in Republican primaries. And most of the senators who are running for re-election, Republicans, are not conservatives. So I'm all for that. But here's what I want to make abundantly clear. That's not going to get us our country back. That creates a holding pattern. And I'm in favor of a holding pattern as opposed to this continuing trajectory to the radical left. The devouring of the American society. So I support that. That is fighting that. But that's not going to get us our republic back. It's not going to get us our constitutional system back. Because that cannot happen and will not happen in the confines of the federal government. Now, we've talked about this for years, and I've written about it in the Liberty Amendments. And there are millions of you at the grassroots level who are working Convention of States in Article 5. And you know exactly what I mean. I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say every single conservative we support in the Republican primaries wins. We're not going to get term limits. We're not going to get term limits. Uh, you would still need two-thirds of both houses of Congress to adopt a, or propose an amendment for term limits in Congress. I've suggested 12 years total, whether House, Senate, or some combination. But whatever it is, you're not going to get it. I have suggested restoring the Senate to what the Senate was intended to be, a representation of the state legislatures. Right now, it clearly is not. It's really superfluous, to tell you the truth. It is a bizarre entity that has really, uh, uh, because of the 17th Amendment, destroyed its original purpose in any event. So we're not going to be able to repeal the 17th Amendment and give the states their rightful place back in the Senate, in our bicameral Congress, where they have a say, uh, no matter how many conservatives we elect in this next 
cycle, uh, defeating Republican incumbents. I've called for the term limits for Supreme Court justices. I actually now believe there ought to be term limits for more judges than that, but okay. And I've also talked about a supermajority of the legislatures being able to, uh, being able to override by a three-fifths uh, number of legislatures a Supreme Court opinion within a two-year period. You're not going to have term limits for Supreme Court justices or the ability uh, for state legislatures to overturn outrageous Supreme Court decisions, no matter how many conservatives we elect in Republican primaries in the federal government. I've suggested amendments to limiting federal spending and federal taxing. Again, I don't care how many conservatives you elect in Republican primaries. You're not going to be able to limit federal spending as a constitutional matter and federal taxing as a constitutional matter. I've talked about putting in place a system that limits the power of the federal bureaucracy. That is, the federal bureaucracy now can issue regulations on essentially anything it wants to issue regulations on without judicial review. And while the President of the United States has the power to reverse some of those regulations, he does not have the authority, according to our courts, to reverse them all. There needs to be a system in place that's not about reversing anything. A system in place where these regulations don't go into effect until Congress reviews those who have that have a significant financial effect or a significant effect, period. You're not going to get that, no matter how many Republicans, uh, conservatives you elect in Republican primaries for the United States Senate. The Constitution needs to reflect this. I have proposed an amendment that would underscore the individual right to private property, that would protect private property. Because the Commerce Clause uh, in the Constitution, which was intended to do exactly that, to promote commerce and trade and thereby promote what we call today capitalism um, and protect private property rights, has been eviscerated by the courts. I don't care how many Republicans or conservatives win Republican primaries. That cannot be done without a constitutional amendment in a convention of states. I've suggested that the states should have the authority to directly amend the Constitution with a supermajority of the state legislatures, which, of course, they cannot do today. They live at the behest of the federal government. You're not going to be able to do that, no matter how many conservatives you elect in Republican primaries for the United States Senate. And there's a few other suggestions, too. As I explained in the Liberty Amendments, and I would encourage people to read it, I'm not hawking it, but particularly people who are out there all over the place saying we're going to save the republic by uh, taking on the establishment and defeating the establishment. We're not going to save the republic by doing any such thing. We may slow down the regression and the degradation of our republic, but we're not going to be able to go on offense and reverse course because our institutions have been perverted. Our institutions have been changed. That's why the Convention of States and Article 5 should be our primary focus. Our primary focus. That's why it deserves as much attention as possible and as much uh, media publicity as possible. The left is already starting to rise up against it. But constitutional conservatives 
need to be advancing this. And the way you advance it is these campaigns that are taking place throughout the country, millions and millions of grassroots activists spontaneously supporting this effort, wonderful organization, a convention of states organization that is firmly behind it. It's not supported by conservative think tanks inside the Beltway. It's not even supported by all the conservative politicians inside the Beltway. It's not even supported by some of these so-called conservative websites. They'd rather you believe that by sending in a new crop of conservatives or pseudo-conservatives into Washington, D.C., that somehow we'll be able to reverse course. No, we're not going to be able to reverse course. We will be able to slow it down, but we're not going to be able to reverse course. The states need the authority that the states have to have in order to trump much of what goes on with our courts, with our bureaucracy in Congress and the president. So this is a totally different, a totally different avenue and one that is authorized by the Constitution itself. This is why we're constitutional conservatives. Voting on the federal level is very important. But it's not the answer to reversing course. It's not the answer to restoring this republic. We're not going to fix our institutions this way. So we should do all these things, but we should focus primarily, not exclusively, but primarily and heavily on the efforts in the states all across this country to hold a convention of states. It takes 34 states. We've got 12, and it's barely gotten the attention that it deserves. We've got 12. If we get to 20, we'll get their attention, that's for sure. If we get more, we'll be on our way. And now's the time to do this. Because the Republicans control more state legislatures than they have in any time in modern history. The Republican governors don't even have a say in this process, other than to encourage their state uh, houses and their state senates uh, to support this effort, as a wonderful, magnificent governor of Texas has. Governor Abbott, Greg Abbott. And there have been others who have done the same thing, but not enough. And so this is not simply a theoretical, a theoretical action that we must take. It's one that is authorized by the Constitution. And it is a realistic and practical, the only realistic and practical method that we have to restore the republic. I just want to bring this up. It doesn't get the attention it deserves unless I talk about it. It certainly doesn't get the media attention unless the left is attacking it. There's a lot that goes on in the media, a lot of tension grabbers, a lot of people positioning themselves and so forth and so on. That's great. That's wonderful. But for most of you, it's going to have no impact in your lives, none whatsoever. And it certainly is not going to restore the republic. Again, it'll just slow down what's taking place, but it won't stop it. Very, very important, as I write in the Liberty Amendments. That's about restoring the American republic. I'll be right back. Lovin. Good piece, really good piece by Eli Lake yesterday. Why voters stand by Trump as party leaders diss him. 
And uh, Eli Lake is very skeptical of Trump. He's not a big fan of Trump, I don't believe. And uh, uh, he, he and I correspond now and then. We've known each other quite a long time. He says uh, he calls this the media cycle of deplore and rehabilitate. Often a Republican, fresh on the national stage, will say or do something that earns not only the rebuke of liberals and Democrats, but also another Republican who was once deplored by the same crowd. It's an old pattern. In 1964, Senator Barry Goldwater was to liberals the dangerous ideologue who quipped that he would leave it up to field commanders in Europe to determine when to launch nuclear weapons at the Soviet Union. And he aligned himself with hardcore anti-communists and attacked his party's establishment. By the end of Goldwater's career, he was the conscientious conservative. Uh, And he was the conscientious conservative. Mark my word... If and when these preachers get a control warning, his fellow Republican about the rise of the religious right. In other words, he he attacked the religious right. And then he was praised by the lib media. Eli Light goes on. Corker himself is an example of the deplore and rehabilitate cycle. This week, he is the darling of the thoughtful conservatives and liberals. Because he has the courage to speak plainly about the unique danger of the Trump presidency. This is Eli Lake. But Corker himself was a key validator of Trump in 2016. Praising in the then candidate's first major foreign policy speech and serving as an advisor to the candidate. As recently as mid-September, Corker downplayed rumors, uh, let's see, of a rift between himself and the president when he said, for people to act as if there's daylight between us, that just is not true. Indeed, when he first ran for the Senate in 2006, Corker himself was perceived as a political cynic willing to play on racial resentments against Democratic candidate Harold Ford Jr., an African-American. The Republican National Committee ran an ad uh, for Corker that featured a white woman saying, I met Harold Ford at the Playboy party. This prompted a mini-scandal at the time. William Cohen, a former Republican senator from Maine, took to CNN to denounce the ad as a very serious appeal to a racist sentiment. That was Bob Corker. Of course, politicians are allowed to change their minds, but the voters are smarter than most of their representatives think. They've seen this cynical play, or excuse me, they've seen this cycle play out for decades, and it almost always ends the same way. In 2008, presidential candidate John McCain was dangerous, an out-of-touch warmonger who wanted to bomb, bomb, bomb Iran. Today he's a statesman doing his best to save the Republican from the leader of his party. And that describes Bob Corker perfectly. Perfectly. Deplore and rehabilitate cycle. That is, he was deplored, and now he's rehabilitated, and he loves it. He loves the liberal and the media, and the liberal media, adulation that he gets now when he attacks the President of the United States when he attacks this president of the United States. Let us go to Todd, Fairfax, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Hey, I just want to say thank you very much for all that you do for rescue dogs. I have two rescue dogs of my own, and uh, they couldn't be better for us. Well, Um, thank you. uh, Two points I want to make. I I just want to ask, you know, when are we going to pull, you know, a page out of the Democrat playbook and force – all the Democrats to denounce Harvey in the strongest terms possible. And second of all... No, 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 this is a good point. All the people going cable TV should say, I'm demanding that they do... And by the way, they will now, because they don't need anything from the guy. But go ahead. 
And then the second point is, is also following on that, when are we going to ask them to return all of the money that he's Democratic or that he's donated? Well, most of them are. Uh, here's the question I think, Todd. When are we going to have an investigation to see if, if this is a, a, a not just a pattern but a regular practice of Hollywood moguls? I agree. I mean, and it, why don't Democrats call for that? Right. It, it, well, you know, it's obviously it's systemic. I mean, you know, you've always got the jokes about the casting couches and what happens and what goes on in there. And, you know, you've got a number of, you know, previous actors who had same problems, you know, like Corey Feldman comes to mind and a bunch of others that have, you know, had problems and issues right. associated with all of this. But uh, All right, Todd, I get it. I appreciate it. Excellent points. We have a few detractors up there. Disagree with me on Convention of States, of course, and I take all comers. We'll be right back. If Mark has banned you from the show, we have a special number you can call to reach him, 877-381-3811. You know, uh, you've heard me talk about Upside. This really is a wonderful, wonderful service. For those of you who are involved in business travel, I really want you to think about this. If you travel for business, you know it's a game of wins and losses. Popping open an overhead bin and finding it empty, that's a win. Sleeping through a wake-up call, that's a loss. Buying your business trip at Upside.com, well, let me tell you something. That's not just a win. It is a huge win. It's a triple win with the amazing six-star treatment you'll get from Upside customer service specialists who they call navigators. One recent Upside customer was called away from an emergency meeting and had to miss his wife's birthday. So let me tell you what happened. A navigator sent her flowers to try and help the ease of the disappointment. That's pretty nice, right? That's just one small example of how Upside navigators go above and beyond for business travelers. Imagine what they'll do for you. And I'm going to start your Upside six-star treatment right now. Go to Upside.com. Use my code MARK. Use the code MARK. You'll get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com. That's code MARK for a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com when you buy your next business trip at Upside.com. Upside.com, you deserve a better business trip. And let me tell you something. They'll find you the best deals. You'll let them know what you're looking for. Combinations, flights, hotels, cars, or one-offs. Whatever it is, if you're a business traveler, Upside.com is your place. Make sure you use my first name, Mark, and you'll get a minimum $100 gift card to Amazon.com. Minimum purchase required, and see the site for complete details, and I hope you'll go there. All right. Andy, Virginia Beach, Virginia, the great WHKT. Go. Good evening. I'm worried about the Democrats hijacking the convention of the states. How do we know that Bernie Sanders isn't going to, or how can we be confident that Bernie Sanders isn't going to be the chairman, that kind of thing? Well, how is that possible? Well, they won the popular you understand vote. The pro- you understand the pro- popular vote has nothing to do with anything. Under Article 5, Convention of States, there's two ways. Under Article 5, there's two ways to amend the Constitution. One is two-thirds of both houses of Congress adopt a, an amendment, and then propose it to the states. And then it takes 38 states, either through the state legislature's voting or through convention of the states, to ratify the amendment, and that's been done 27 times. 
The alternative is these states, 34 states, decide to get together in a meeting. The state legislatures send delegates. Uh, amendments are adopted at the Convention of States, and then again, they're proposed to the state legislatures, where you need 38 state legislatures, either by the direct vote or through a convention, to ratify. So, considering the number of states, uh, conventions, uh, state uh, legislatures that the Republicans control, how in the world would the Democrats hijack the convention? Well, you have now given me my confidence, Mark. Thank you very much. That's perfect. All right, I just needed, to hear, you. I just needed you to hear it. Explain it. And, and, I, and I appreciate the question because I think there's a lot of questions like that out there. Let's take another one. Lawrence, Fort Myers, Florida, the great WFSX. Go. Good evening. How are you, Mr. Levine? I'm doing um, great. Thank you, sir. My, uh, and we listen to you all the time. My point is that uh, what I think is going to happen is you'll get judicial review come in and we'll nullify what you're doing, just like they are doing now because the courts are out of control. Well, let me, let me just answer that. The courts have no more authority for judicial review than they do through the other process. In my, This is my view uh, through the other process that was used in the 27 other amendments that we have to the Constitution. And I would argue that if the courts act ultra virus, which means without authority, uh, with activist judges and so forth, the states have the authority under the Convention of States. The states are in control. In my view, well, the states have the final say. I there's nothing. There's know. nothing in Article Five talking about the courts. Yeah, the the courts though uh, they nullified what Trump was doing on the immigration thing. Okay, and you're weren't. not really listening to me. I am telling you that under Art, have you read Article Five? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. You understand the Convention of States process? Yes, I do. Yep. So the states get together and they 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 propose an amendment for the rest of the states to adopt 38 state legislation. What would the courts do exactly? Well, that's the problem. They go out. No, 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 no. That's not the problem. I want to deal with your imagination. What would the courts do? You say they might nullify. So it, so there's a lawsuit brought by a town, and they say, hey, the states don't have the power to do that. Is that what you're saying? Okay, well, I wouldn't fly. And if the state, and if there's some judge somewhere to ultimately get to the Supreme Court and says the states don't have the power to do it, the states ought not listen to the court. Because under Article 5, the states, under Convention of States process, have the final say. That's the beauty of this. It completely bypasses the federal government. It bypasses Congress, ultimately. It bypasses the president. It bypasses the federal courts and the federal bureaucracy. The states are meeting and the states are making decisions. I hope you're right on that one. I just All right, sir. Thanks for your call. I know, I know. We might as well give up and all, you know, get ready for the gulag. I get it. I get it. I get it. I'm not saying the courts won't try and intervene. I'm saying the states don't have to listen to them. I hope I'm right. I know I'm right. Brock, Amarillo, Texas, Sirius Satellite, go. Right. Thanks, Mark. Uh, huge thrill talking to you, man. Um uh, uh, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions, favors, if you will, actually, uh, regarding the whole uh, Harvey Weinstein thing. Uh, I've been watching this go on for days and days, and it's just getting worse and worse and worse. It's not going to go away. It's not going to get better anytime soon. More and more people keep coming out. And uh, kind of building on with what Todd was saying earlier about one of these people going to denounce Weinstein and uh, along the same lines, and here's 
favor, number one, have a chuckle with me about this, because how funny is it that these same people for months and months and months have been on the side of taking away our statues because they represent a, a greater evil, even though good came out of, you know, uh, like the Columbus Day thing. And well, that's an interesting point, so we should close all the movie theaters. Well, or we go after their statues, which are their Oscars, their Emmys. Interesting. Are they, even if they had anything whatsoever to do with the Weinstein production? Are How they, about this? There should be no Oscars. There you go. That's your next one, because I'm running out of time. That happened a long time ago. But the other favor, and I know it's radio, so I don't want to set a bad precedent and say, hey, Mark, can I make a request? <laughs> but I became a diehard listener instead of a casual listener about one or two years ago. Stephanie Zimbalist, shortly after her father had died, had emailed well, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of hers. Yeah, she had emailed you, and it was a beautiful uh, comparison of Hollywood then versus Hollywood now. And you read it on air for about four or five minutes, just all mm -hmm. the different actors that served the country and knew what patriotism, patriotism really was. All right, I'll see if I can find it. Uh, there's no guarantee, but if Stephanie's listening, email me again. Send it again. All right, my friend, good call. I appreciate your points. I really do. Now, what's missing from Hillary Clinton's statement and the Obama statement? I want to read them to you. They're hot off the presses about Harvey Weinstein. I was shocked and appalled by the revelations about Harvey Weinstein, Clinton said. The behavior described by women coming forward cannot be tolerated. Their courage and the support of others is critical in helping to stop this kind of behavior. Now, she never said that about Juanita Broderick or Paula Jones or Kathleen Wiley or the long list of, uh, of, of victims uh, at the hands of her husband, B.J. Bill Jefferson Clinton. What's missing from that statement? Here's another one. The Obamas. Michelle and I have been disgusted by recent reports about Harvey Weinstein. Any man who demeans and degrades women in such fashion needs to be condemned and held accountable, regardless of wealth or status. We should celebrate the courage of women who have come forward to tell these painful stories. We all need to build a culture, including by empowering our girls and teaching our boys decency and respect so we can make such behavior less prevalent in the future. So, of course, the Obamas are lecturing you and me like we had anything to do with this. What's missing from their statement? Do you know, Mr. Producer? They're not condemning Hollywood. They will never condemn Hollywood. Hollywood is the biggest source of the Democrat Party's resources. That and the slip and fall lawyers, among others, and the unions. But Hollywood is number one. That's why Obama was constantly flying out to the Los Angeles area, to the San Francisco area, Hillary Clinton doing exactly the same thing. These are the cash cows, and Hollywood is the cash cow. So they don't condemn Hollywood. They don't condemn Hollywood. Neither of them, or none of them, all three of them. For the conspiracy of silence for decades, they knew about Harvey Weinstein, which raises a question with me. Did Hillary Clinton know about Harvey Weinstein in the past? She's friends with all these Hollywood types, these actors and actresses. Actresses. Would they not have told Hillary Clinton? How about the Obamas, who were in Hollywood incessantly? 
Were they aware of Harvey Weinstein's, the rumors of Harvey Weinstein's sexual predation? Were they? How could they not be? How is it the Obamas never know what's going on? You know, like intercepting uh, communications and unmasking uh, uh, Trump officials. Uh, but I think this is an important question, which the media will never ask them. Never, ever. What did Hillary Clinton know and when did she know it about Harvey Weinstein? What did the Obamas know and when did they know it about Harvey Weinstein? And why in their statements do they not condemn Hollywood and the culture of Hollywood, which is obviously a culture of abusing women? That's right, I said it, and it's true. How come they didn't condemn the culture in Hollywood and Hollywood generally? If it was the equivalent of the NRA, they'd be all over it. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Guys, especially some of the young professionals out there listening, you know, it's important to look and dress professionally at work. People around you take notice. This is why you've got to check out Charles Tirrett. Every man's closet needs well-fitted clothes for work or going out. So what are the options? On one end, you have high-quality shirts, but they're ridiculously overpriced. And on the other end, you've got affordable shirts, but they're out of style and they don't fit right. Uh-huh. CT shirts. CT shirts are the best shirts in my closet. The most exquisitely crafted, crease-free shirts. They're British-styled, and they use the softest fabrics. Tie or no tie, tucked or untucked. You'll look great in a, t- a, t- a CT shirt. Check out the deal I got you, too. One CT shirt normally costs 100 bucks, but right now you'll get three shirts. For just $99. That's 60% off. And CT shirts come with free delivery. A six-month quality guarantee and free returns. Let me repeat that. Free delivery, a six-month quality guarantee, and free returns. Now, you've heard me talk about CT shirts before. Now's the time to jump in. And by the way, ladies, perfect birthday gift, too. Perfect anniversary gift. 99 bucks gets you three amazing CT shirts. But you need to hurry. Go to ctshirts.com slash Levin. Do it right now. That's ctshirts.com slash L-E-V-I-N. ctshirts.com slash Levin. You're going to love these shirts. And they're priced incredibly well. And look at the guarantee. Let's go to Chief Kingston, Oklahoma, Sirius Satellite, retired military. How are you, sir? I am incredible, Mark, because I am talking to a great American. Love. Oh, you're very kind. Thank you. No, I have followed you since the Clinton days. Oi. That goes you saw you way. saw me when I was a young man with a full head of hair, hair going on CNN well, and MSNBC and Fox. Full head of hair. Almost full head of hair, taking on every lib that they would throw at me. You remember that? I remember it well. I've yes. read Liberty and Tyranny. I'm boycotting the NFL, and it breaks my heart because I love my Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I know what and you mean. While I've been on hold, I'm 68 years old. 
I spent 31 years spread out over 41 years in the Army. I've got four wars under my belt. Wow. Desert Storm, Bosnia, Herzegovina, Kosovo, and Iraq. God you bless you, sir. Well, God bless my soldiers. Yeah. God bless them. And God bless the ones that are wearing the uniform today because they're great Americans. Amen. But in, while I was on hold, I tried to formulate an intelligent question. I don't know if I will succeed. I think I'm you in will. favor of the constitutional amendment and the 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 uh, the states getting together for an amendment. My question is, since I'm yes, thoroughly disgusted with the Republican Party, do right. we? I don't think a third party movement is the answer. We have to change the Republican Party and make it more conservative. Well, you know, that, 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 that was Reagan's position. And that's what he did. And he gave a big speech about this at uh, CPAC. And he said, we need a new Republican Party. And he was concerned if we went the way of a third party, we'd do what they did 100 years earlier, essentially, which was wind up electing somebody like Woodrow Wilson. And, you know, Theodore Roosevelt, who was quite the progressive, was a big-time progressive. But he took on Howard Taft. He created his own third party called the Progressive Party and nicknamed the Bull Moose Party. And so Woodrow Wilson slipped through. And it was a complete disaster as far as I'm concerned, as in many respects was T.R. with his domestic ideas. Now, if we go third party, I can assure you we will be electing Democrats all over the place. And uh, people who say there's no difference between the parties, in some respects that's true, but in other respects it's not. Look at Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. Um, and even if the Republicans are impotent, they don't do what they say they're going to do. The Democrats are not impotent, and they do what they say they're going to do. Uh, the problem is that too many Republicans do what the Democrats say they're going to do as well. So the convention of states in the long run if in fact there is a long run, is the only way to restore the republic in a constitutional system. <clears throat> Excuse me, duking it out in these primaries is very important uh, to try and send conservatives to the Senate, to the House of Representatives. Uh, many of them will turn, as they have in the past. That is, they'll throw in with the uh, with the entrenched rhinos. Uh, they're bought off very, very quickly, or they feel like they need to be part of that group and get the adulation that you get when you are. And so this isn't a surefire way to uh, to even slow down what's going on in Washington, but I'm all for it. But if you want to restore the republic and restore constitutional government and restore the authority of state legislatures and weaken the bureaucracy and weaken the uh, the central government, the only alternative, the only alternative is through the convention of state process. Anyway, go right ahead, Chief. I thank you so much. I am in complete agreement with that. The yeah. government is too big, it's too bloated, and for seven long years we heard from Republicans, they talked the talk, and now they can't keep their promises. They've got to be primary. We've got to get rid of the rhinos. We've got to All get right. back to the conservative American Party. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call very much. If I believed going third party would help fix this, I'd go third party in a second. I really would. And maybe that day will come, as a matter of fact. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and I salute you, you patriotic Americans out there, you Levinites. Thank you for listening. Check out Levin TV tonight. It's very, very good, and I'll see you on the radio tomorrow. God bless you.